Amen. Thank you so much, Austin. I love it when someone else hosts a service and I get to focus on preaching and I don't use all my words. How about that? I also really want to celebrate um, what happened earlier. Um, just with everyone participating. And um, I feel like the body is stronger. It's stronger when we're all ministering. And there's something, I was just having this, I want to talk about power today. And there's something I, I was thinking about before I came up, is like, who's the most powerful person in the room? Not a trick question, right? I mean, I think sometimes people go to the church and they're like, oh, I think it's the pastor, or, oh, I think it's the elders or the leadership team or whoever is doing ministry or gets paid or... The Holy Spirit is the most powerful person in the room. God Almighty is the only thing, the only one worth worship, worth anything, honestly. We're all worth something because of Him. So, praise Him. All right. I said I was going to start this way. Where's the power? <laughs> well, it's kind of hard to start that way when you felt a little power here in the last few minutes, let me tell you what, um, the power's here, so praise the Lord, um, but I'm going to keep going with what God gave me during the week, um, so where's the power? I don't know about you, but how many times, um, or sometimes, uh, I want to just give up on the Christian life, honestly. I'm just being honest in church. As I prepared this week, this is what came over me. Sometimes I just want to give up on the Christian life and just blend in with the world. So just relax in the world until Jesus comes back, because someday he's going to come back, and that will be glory and power And um, when he comes back to rescue me from the mess I live in. So I don't know if you relate, but that's kind of how I was feeling as I was preparing this week. And, but, add, plus sign, God, right? I mean, just add a little God into your life, right? This illustration we used a while back um, for power, and it, it goes along with our series slide, which is, you know, more consistency. So what I need in my life is a little more consistency, right? Because it's like I accepted Christ, and I got a drink of the Holy Spirit. Man, that was refreshing. Do you remember the day you accepted Jesus Christ? Do you remember, like, the this joy of your salvation? You're like... I'm not a sinner right now. Like, I'm saved. And you took a drink. Oh, that's good. I needed that. All right. But it's like a lot of people stop there. They take a drink. What about just this? What about some consistency? What about a consistent overflow? Right? What about being full? And when somebody bumps you, when you have a trial, when somebody's like, you need this, you need that, what comes out is love. The love of the Father. What comes out is the power of the Holy Spirit. What comes out is the, the grace that Jesus Christ has for you, you have for everyone else. You're like, well, that's pretty full, Steve. I think I'd be happy if I was that full. Yeah, that's not what we're going for. We're going for this. We're going for this. This is what we're going for. 
All right? We're going for all the time, constant, consistent flow, because when we stop being poured into by God, by the Spirit, we start to be dry and empty. So this is why we're like reading all the time, right? This is it. We want a consistency in power, a consistency. So you got to add God all the time. It's not like you add him one time. Oh, yeah, I got saved on January 15th, 1992. That was awesome. Big ad for me, right? And then it's over? Like, I'm done with that kind of church. I want the ad every day. I want to wake up like I did this morning at 5 o'clock and go, oh, my goodness, I'm so tired. What did I do? All right? I should have set my alarm a little later. And, 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 then, and then the first thing I did was just roll out onto my bed on, onto my knees and be like, God, I need you. There's Add you to this tiredness. Add you to this, like, I hope church goes well. Add you to the mix. That's what we have to do. So, but I read God's word, and I pray in the spirit, and I realize God has so much more planned for me in this present darkness. God gives us power to live for him now. There's a verse for that, Acts 1.8. I think I put it in the slides. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. So church, we've got to go out and tell other people, don't do that unless you're full of the Holy Spirit. You will make a mess of it. Don't do it unless the Holy Spirit highlights somebody in your life. I mean, that was a good example. You wave at somebody, a guy comes running. I don't know why I waved. I don't know why he came running. Well, God does. And that's all that matters. So let's go with that. God gives us power to live for him right now. We don't have to wait for someday. Won't it be awesome when Jesus comes back? Yes, it will. But he gave us the Holy Spirit now so that we could do work now. Now, work. Oh, I love that word. I like to work. It's fun. But work is the enemy of faith. I feel like work is the enemy of faith. When I feel like it depends on me, and if I just work harder, it'll all be good, that extinguishes my faith. And faith is the priority if you want to see power. Faith is the key to seeing power in your life. A trust in the Almighty God. Okay, so let me give it to you. Um, open your Bible. To uh, We ended 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And then we're going to get into a little bit of we'll get into a little bit of the uh, Romans. I still have this very unproductive cough from COVID. It's so fun. <laughs> a little sarcasm in church. All right. So look at verse three. Since you seek proof that Christ is speaking in me. I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3. Since you seek proof that Christ is speaking in me. That's what the Corinthian church was like. Hey, is God really speaking through you, Paul? Okay. He is not weak in dealing with you, but is, what's the key word? 
powerful among you. And he was crucified in weakness. Do you know what Jesus was crucified in? Not in power. He emptied himself of his power to be crucified, right? He, he put it all on the shelf to be human. He put it all on the shelf to die for you and me. He put, he had faith in God who could raise him from the dead. That's faith. He was crucified in weakness, but lives by the power of God. For we also were weak in him. Yeah, we're weak. I'm weak in him. Are you weak in him? I'm weak. But in dealing with you, we will live with him by the power of God. Now, he said power three times in like a couple verses there. And it caught my attention. Because at the beginning of the year, we said, we want to see the power of God in this church. And I read that, and I was like, where's the power? Come on, God. Are we not enough? It's not about us. Are we not waiting on you enough? Are we not submitted to you enough? You know what? I think God's like, it's coming. Just wait. Just wait on me. Keep depending on me. This isn't like McDonald's. Or Burger King. It's not like add, add this and have this quick, my way right away. This is, do you want it my way or not? I want it God's way. Okay? Okay. So here's God's way. Verse 5. Examine yourselves. Man, I hate that. <laughs> you like to be examined? You like tests? You like going to school? No, you don't. And if you do, we don't like you. I mean, come on, geek. I I love you. I love you. Examine yourself. Put yourself under the microscope, since we live in a medical community, to see whether you are what? What does it say? In the faith. To see whether you are in the faith. He's talking to the Corinthians, and he's like, are you in the faith? You need to examine yourself. He, he reiterates it with this. Test yourself. Or do you not realize this about yourself? That Jesus Christ is in you. You want to know where the power is? It's in you. If you meet the test. If you examine yourself and you see Christ in me, the hope of glory. If not, repent and move on. If you don't see Christ in you, if you don't see the fruit of faith, if you don't see it, just be honest. We're talking about eternal life here, right? We're talking about forever. I'm not playing games in church. I'm not like, well, I think I got it. No, it's I want it. I want it again today like I wanted it on January 15th, 1992. I might want it more now than I did then. I want it. And you know what? That's how I know I passed the test. Right there. What about you? You passed the test. All right, so let's look at verse 14. Verse 14. Verse 14 says, this is a great verse. 
It's the last verse of two books he writes to him. Just a simple verse. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Just let that sink in. The grace. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to give you a short couple points, more consistency in his power. That's what I want. That's what, what we all want, right? I want to be more powerful. Not me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Is he in you? Do you realize that he's in you? More consistency in his power. More full all day long, every day. You want to be like Jesus, right? All right, well, it's said in our verse, Jesus lives by the power of God. God rose him from the dead. Jesus lives by the power of God. So here's what I want. I want to live by the power of God. I want to live by the power of God. I want to live in my own strength. I don't want to live in any other way. I want to live by the power of God. So here's the first thing. I live in the grace of Jesus. I live in the grace of Jesus. Now, here's the thing. This book's been really helpful to me. Uh, the Bible is awesome. Obviously, it's the Word of God. This is a book I've mentioned before. Um, it talks about this verse, um, and it, it kind of highlights a few things, and I just thought it was really powerful. So grace was, the, the original word in Greek for grace was the ultimate in beauty. The ultimate in beauty. That's the first meaning. And then there's a second meaning, which is favor. Favor, good will given out of unconditional, overflowing love with no expectation of reward or payment. That's grace. And it's beautiful. When you look at a sunset, and you're like, breath is taken away. Or you look at a sunrise, and you're like, wow. That's grace. Right there. That moment. The day you accepted Christ and you knew you were forgiven of all your sin, that was beautiful. That was grace. That was the favor of God on your life. I live in that. I live in the grace of Jesus Christ. Now what's the opposite of grace? As we were reading through uh, Romans, maybe you saw it, the word judgment. Jesus Christ is the judge. Do you know that? One day, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is judge. But he is grace. So which one is it for us? If I ever get to Romans chapter 5, you'll see that we have access through Jesus. Access. Proximity to God. Did you feel God here today? I feel him right now. He's here. How do we get to be so lucky? Is it lucky? 
How do we get to have so much grace on our life and to live in this grace that we have proximity to God Almighty through Jesus Christ? So I live in the grace of Jesus, not in the judgment. And that gives me access, proximity to God. All right, second thing. I live in the love of God. I live in the love of God. Now, I want you to think about that. Human love can in no way be compared to God's love. Just think about it. The best love you have for someone else, your kids, that's not the way God is. It's a picture of it, but it's beyond that. The way you love your wife, I mean, that's pretty intimate. Or husband. That's intimate. But it's not, it sometimes can be selfish. It's not perfect. It's not agape love. It's not God love. God has this love for you and me, which is beyond. It's divine love. A love that wholly sacrifices itself for the object of its love, realizing the precious value of it. Because each individual soul is priceless to God. That is love. That's love. So, if, again, if you read Romans 1 through 6, which we're on, there's another word that he uses. He uses God's wrath. The wrath of God. So you have love on one side and you have wrath on another side. Which is it? How are you with God? Are you living in the love of God? Or are you like living under the wrath of God? Well, it depends. Have you accepted Jesus Christ? Is grace a thing? Okay then. So what does that give us? I wrote this word down. It gives us peace with God. It gives us peace with God. The love of God makes it so we have peace with God. Do you feel at peace with God? Are you examining yourself now? Because if you're not at peace with God, then there's something between you. And it's not his lack of love for you. I'm really sure of that. What could be in the way? And if you read in Romans, I think it's chapter 2, verse 4, it's his kindness that brings us to repentance. It's not his judgment. It's not his wrath. It's his grace and his love. His kindness that brings us to repentance. Knowing how much God loves me, in spite of myself, leads me down a path of peace with him. All right, next. I live in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Now, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is so important because what is love and grace without fellowship? I mean, you could think about the grace of God, you can think about the love of God, but what about that would be anything without communing with God, without communion with God, which is the word fellowship? We have fellowship or communion or partnership with the Holy Spirit. 
instead of death and separation from God. We have what? Life and freedom in him. Now, have you experienced that life and that freedom? Because if you have, if you've tasted and seen that he's good, you want more. You're not, you're not going, I don't get the illustration. I don't know why do I need more. I have it. If you've tasted and seen how good God is, you're like, I'll have some more, please. I'll have some more. I'll have some more. Give me some more. That's all you'll be. You won't wake up going, I got it. You'll wake out, I need it. And I don't just need it for my quiet time in the morning. Your quiet time shouldn't be quiet. Right? You should be talking to God and God should be talking to you. It's communion. It's fellowship. It's partnership. Kind of down on the quiet time thing. This should be my quiet time. You're missing out though. You're missing the voice of God and you're missing talking to God. I don't know, you're missing something. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Life and freedom in Him. This last thing is so important. This is the creme de la creme. I live in or by faith in the power of God. Now, He gave us this whole, flip over to Romans. He gave us this whole illustration in chapter 4 about Abraham. He talked and talked and talked and talked and talked some more about why Abraham's faith is so important that it was before circumcision, that was before the law, and so it's for everyone, right? And he pointed out a couple things. He pointed out circumcision of the heart. That's true faith. Circumcision of the heart. He pointed out that if you, if you, you know, it's not about the law. It's not about do's and don'ts and did I do right or did I, you know, how many people are going to church this morning who are trying to keep a tally of did I do enough? That is miserable. We are in a relationship with God by faith. And the relationship continues with God through the power of the Holy Spirit whom he left for us while he's in heaven interceding for us by faith. It continues by faith. It started by faith. It continues by faith. So how much faith do we have? That's really under the microscope. At the end of the message, it says in chapter 4, verse 20 uh, through 25, I could flip the page of my Bible. There it is. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith. Do you see it there? He grew strong in his faith. He exercised his faith. His faith needed to get bigger. It had muscle. So if you want the power of God, you're going to need to exercise your faith in God. We did that today. We showed up at church. We didn't start with worship. We didn't start with preaching. It wasn't the show. We were like, okay, God, do you want to show up? We have faith to believe you do. And he did. Praise the Lord. 
And he will again next week. And the week after. And the week after. As we submit to him, he'll supply everything that's needed. All right. I need to be done. So let me do this. Um, communion. I have it somewhere. There it is. Grab your communion. Let's, let's end with that. I, I'm a little late, but let's end with this. To prepare your heart, and I'm sure it's already prepared, I'm going to read for you chapter 5, just a couple verses here, or just a few verses. Grab the elements in your hand, be reminded of the blood of Christ and the body of Christ. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the grace. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Back to hope. He started with hope, and then he remembered his suffering, and he was like, ah, don't matter, suffering works its way to hope anyway. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, through fellowship who has been given to us. So what's the key? It's faith. The grace of God is there. The love of God is there. The fellowship with God is there. The key is your faith. To walk through this little veil that has this tear in it. And if you just pull it apart, you walk into this like huge universe and beyond, right? To infinity and beyond. That's where you're going. And it's just huge. Have you ever gone through that veil and just seen the vastness of God? I pray that even taking this right now will do that for you. All right. His body broken for us. Let's do this in remembrance of Him. And His blood. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. Spilled. For us. Let's do this in remembrance of Him. For as long as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember the Lord's death. And when you remember the Lord's death, you can't help but remember the Lord's life. <laughs> and when He's alive in you, life is different. It's powerful. Alright. Here's how we're going to close. You guys can come up. There's a song they want to sing. You guys can leave during the song. I'll say you are loved now because you know it anyway. But they're going to sing. You leave whenever you need to leave. Um, I want to give them the opportunity to build our faith with this song. Let me pray. Father God Almighty, 